This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. A year ago at this time, following the Sunday of Divisional Round... I was home. <laughs> I had to call in sick. It actually wasn't because I was sick. It was because my dog was in pretty dire straits and had had a really rough weekend and I couldn't leave her and had an emergency vet appointment the next morning. So for that reason, I was unable to be here on a night in which the NFL community and NFL fans were lit. Maybe the best divisional weekend we've ever seen with the four road teams winning every game hanging in the balance until the final snap. It's safe to say this weekend was not the same (laughs) in terms of the dramatic quality. This weekend was not the same, but there is so much to talk about from these four games. And I have waited a year for this particular show. Really excited to be with you on this Sunday night as we head toward who now championship weekend. Only three games left in the entire NFL season. Initial reactions. The bills just keep running into a brick wall. I've talked about this before with the the Golden State Warriors and the five consecutive NBA finals they went to to represent the West. How many other really good teams, even great teams, or they had the opportunity to be great, if not for the fact that they played the same time as the Warriors were in their heyday with this particular core? I feel that way about the Bills. And I guess we could say that about the Patriots over the 20 years of their dominance. How many other big-time AFC challengers might have emerged? How many other teams might have won Super Bowls, gotten to consecutive championship games, had more opportunities open up if not for the Patriots standing in their way? That's what's happening with the Buffalo Bills. No, it's definitely on them. Right? They've had the opportunity to host. Going back to the championship game against Kansas City three seasons ago, they were so close. But close is not good enough in professional sport. Twice, though, eliminated by KC and now by a red hot, I mean, scorching hot Bengals team that may be playing better now than it was a year ago at this time. And the experience under their belt certainly helps. So think about the Bills. A team with all this potential, one of the best quarterbacks they've ever had in their franchise, obviously has set multiple records. There isn't anything Josh Allen can't do with the football, and yet they cannot get to the Super Bowl. At least not yet. 
Why? Because they've run into Kansas City and Cincinnati. Man, that's painful. But it's not like they haven't had those chances. But there are three years now in the prime of Josh Allen's career in which they've put pieces around him. They've had an incredible head coach, all the support from new ownership. And yeah, they've broken through their glass ceiling. They've made the playoffs. They've gotten back to the AFC Championship after all those years of futility, but they just haven't been able to break through and take that last gigantic step. And so for the second consecutive January, the Bills are eliminated in the divisional round to a better opponent. As for the Dallas Cowboys, they also, same thing, break through. They win their first playoff road game in 30 years. They have another double-figure season, a double-figure win season under Mike McCarthy. Their defense is dynamic. And yet their biggest issue is in the major, most important, massive opportunities, that offense seems to melt. It's not all on Dak Prescott. It really isn't. But yes, he's the quarterback. He threw two interceptions. If I remember correctly, they were both tipped. But there are other reasons that you can point to. The inability to run the ball is a big one, and I feel for Tony Pollard. Not only because he's got the physical pain of the broken leg, but because he worked so hard for this opportunity all year long. He turned himself into the Cowboys' best option offensively. To have that happen, it's it's brutally painful in every way. And so I feel for him. Saw a lot of people pointing to how his particular injury in which his ankle and his foot were rolled up on by a San Francisco defender, similar to what happened with Dak Prescott. Oh, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. To uh, what happened to Patrick Mahomes. Patrick avoided the worst. But, of course, that's a major question moving forward against Cincinnati. His mobility is sure to be limited if he plays. The defensive performances we saw this weekend, wow. Defense wins championships. You know that, right? In fact, we're going to take, I'm I'm thinking, of, uh, several segments just to talk about the defenses that we saw this weekend. The way that the Niners played, well, you can expect that. They are brash and bold and, and total badasses. They're brash and bold and Bose's badasses. <laughs> and we knew they were going to be stymieing, smothering. That's not a surprise. But how about the way the Bengals defense played? In the snow against Josh Allen and what is typically a very strong offensive line for the Bills. Instead, it was the Bengals who were pushing people around. The Bengals O-line missing three starters. And yet winning those individual battles along the line, along that line of scrimmage where so much of the work is done. In the snow, no less. 
The Philadelphia Eagles put on the most dominant performance of the weekend. It was really good to see Jalen Hurts not having missed a beat. So we saw a watered down, a, a vanilla offensive game plan going back to week 18 against the Giants, knowing there was a real good chance they could end up facing this team again. It made sense for Nick Sirianni and his offensive coaching staff. The Giants may be reverting back to their form a little bit over the course of what was that stretch where they could only win one game. But really, this is more about Philadelphia making the Giants look like they are a wild card team and not a team that won the division or was the top seed. There's a major disparity between those two teams. So there are a lot of questions to be asked, some to be answered, some not so much, but we are one gigantic step closer to finding out our Super Bowl matchup down to the final four in the NFL. Good divisional weekend. I hope you enjoyed it. Oh my goodness, so jealous of that snow in Orchard Park. (laughs) So jealous of the snow in Western New York. Amazing. You can find me on Twitter, ALaw Radio. Also on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Love to hear from you about these games, your reaction. I did put a post up on Twitter. I'll put one up on Facebook when I have an opportunity. But yeah, so many sequences and performances to break down and lift up, baby. If you're wondering about the schedule for next weekend, pretty standard. Oh my gosh, there's only two games. No Saturday football. For the first time in a long time. No Saturday football. Sorry, not sorry. My goodness. Football's dominating my life. I hope it's doing the same thing for you. Just kidding. I hope it's not, actually. I had a conversation with a friend this week. She also works in the business, in the sports broadcasting business. And she and I are having similar conversations with family and friends about, do you have to watch these games? Can you, you know, maybe just watch one of them? No, (laughs) that's not how it works this time of the year. (laughs) No answering phone calls, no responding to text messages. It's football season. S-Z-N, my goodness. For a while between the Cowboys and the Niners, it was field goal season. We're going to head to the Bay Area at the top of next hour. A lot of star power, a lot of celebrities on hand at Levi Stadium. But at least initially what they saw was a struggle for yards. Every single yard, every single snap contested, challenged. Man, think about the bruises, black and blue, these guys are going to have as they recover over the next couple of days. And really, it's not a long time for the Niners to recover because they've got to hit the East Coast to take on Philadelphia. Though, again, no more Saturday football, only Sunday. So the early game is Niners in Philadelphia, Niners-Eagles, the top two seeds in the NFC. In the AFC, it's three versus one. And sure, you could say the Bengals have had the Chiefs number, I don't think that matters when you're moving forward into a new playoff game. But the Bengals right now are riding a franchise record 10-game win streak. 
And they certainly are, along with San Francisco, one of the hottest teams we've seen this year. And that even goes back to Philadelphia when they were stringing all their wins together. It's a lightning right now for the Bengals. Lightning and thunder, I guess. You go both sides of the ball. So the Chiefs will host the AFC Championship. It will not be at a neutral site. The Chiefs will host the Bengals at 5.30 Central Time, 6.30 Eastern Time. So it is a doubleheader, similar to what we had today. Same start times. And the same two top seeds hosting. That's why the bye is so important. One game, one win, and you get to host the championship game. So I want to dive in with this Niners-Cowboys game and all the attention on it. I wonder, and, and I really pay much attention to it, but I wonder how many people expected this to be a game in which there were a lot more points. <laughs> I wouldn't say an offensive juggernaut. There were a lot of people expecting that probably between the Bengals and the Bills. The snow kind of changed that. The Bengals defense changed that. This game was bound to be strength. It was bound to be one in which the yards were so difficult to come by. And I like it that way because it left no margin for error. It really didn't. Everything was so tight. Even if you believe the Niners were a much better team coming in and certainly riding their long win streak, you could say that. But because the two defenses are so good, it meant that these offenses really could not make major mistakes. And we know that's not what happened. So first big mistake for the Cowboys, even after they get their touchdown from Dak to Dalton Schultz in the second quarter, there's a block point after attempt. And so instead of being up 7-3, to because the Niners had an early field goal, instead of being up 7-3, to they're only up 6-3. to And then you see, field goal ties it. Touchdown puts the Niners up by four. So it just, it was an opportunity that they missed. And then later in that first half, again, defense is still the story. Neither team at 150 yards or 10 points in the first half. You cannot give extra opportunities to your opponent. Not only does it stymie and snuff out your own drive, but it also gives the ball right back to a team that has been rocking really offensively in the last few weeks. Three are left, two are right. Here's Prescott back, has time, throws out left, intercepted. Ball got tipped up and taken by Fred Warner. Jimmy Ward tipped the ball, and Fred Warner with the INT. Pick City, baby! <laughs> Greg Papa and Tim Ryan on Niners Radio. Dak Prescott with a pair of interceptions. Both of them lead to Niners field goals. But the one that hurt the most, or the one that was, I think, the palpable, a turning point, if you will, the interception right before half. And so the Cowboys are driving. They're into the red zone. And Dak Prescott has a ball that's tipped. It's intended for C.D. Lamb. Fred Warner, great play, right play, right time. 
That one was like taking all the Cowboys' momentum. Again, they're into the red zone. And at this point, they're tied 6-6. to Slammed it right into a brick wall. I can almost feel my head hurt for Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. But, man, what a play for Fred Warner. He was everywhere on the field just a few hours ago. I hope he gets a great night's sleep because he definitely earned it. So, yeah, that second pick in the red zone with under 90 seconds left, it really killed the momentum, changed everything for the Cowboys going into their locker room, even if they hadn't been able to get into the end zone. It's clear that Brett Maher is not yipping on field goal tries, only extra points. And so they would have had the lead. If nothing else, they have the lead. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Also really changing the mood in the locker room is that Tony Pollard was carted off. And by that point, everyone in the locker room knows he's not returning. And it definitely changed what they could do offensively. Instead of having the one-two punch and Pollard had become the feature back for the Cowboys, not Zeke. We just talked to John Mashoda, a Cowboys insider for The Athletic, a few days ago. And I asked him about Zeke's role because Pollard is such a versatile back and he's had such a great season. Whereas Zeke was really relegated to more of those kind of goal line situations or needing one yard. Pollard had taken over that position and made it his own. And so to lose him was huge. And we found out to start the third quarter, we found out that he would not return. So Dallas starts out the second half, though, with an opportunity to make good. Recovering a muffed punt by the Niners, Ray Ray McLeod coughs it up and really wasn't even knocked away. He just kind of lost the handle. But this is not the same offense from the wild card game. Didn't have the same bite. Didn't have the same teeth. Instead, and and this was really the theme for the Niners as well, not just the Cowboys. Instead, they had to trot their kicker out there again. 25-yard try from the 15-yard line on the left hash to tie the game. And the operation's good, and the kick is up, and the kick is good. I'm telling you, it's only the extra points that give him trouble. <laughs> hey, I just said that. 9.08 left in the third quarter, and the game is tied, 9-9. Brad Sham on Cowboys Radio. Yes, Maher Magic, baby. Boom! Oh, my goodness. After his blocked extra point, which, as Greg Olson pointed out on the Fox broadcast, did not look like it was headed for the uh, the right space between the uprights anyway, might have saved him by having it blocked because it was probably going to be, be just a sixth consecutive ugly miss or I guess a fifth, whatever, who's counting now? He probably is. A fifth consecutive ugly miss. They're able to get that field goal from him, but when he lines up for that extra point, it gets blocked. I'm thinking, I'm I'm not looking. I can't watch the next one. This is like watching a train wreck. I, I don't even want to see this. This is so bad. And the look of shock on his face, too. Like he expects it. It's like Happy Gilmore with the punting. I mean, the punting, the putting. Or you guys know Tin Cup? Oh my gosh. It was Tin Cup. <laughs> Mental block. Got the yips into the water. All right. So 
we're kind of running late here because I was talking. You know, that's what I do. So we'll take a break and we'll get to the later stages of the game, but mostly the reaction, the turning point. Well, you know what? There we go. There's your teeth. The turning point of this game because they get that field goal. They're tied at nine early in that third quarter. What changed after that? Well, one major highlight reel moment that football fans should not forget and all the reaction. You can find me on Twitter, A-Law Radio, our Facebook page too. We're down to the final four and just... Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Three more games. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Now they got Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence on the same side over McGlinchey. Going to roll Purdy the opposite way going left. Purdy time. Going to throw back right. And it is juggled. And George Kittle makes the catch to midfield. What a catch by George Kittle. On the throwback there from Brock Purdy. Bobbled it a couple of times, but was able to reel it in. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. You're going to see it over and over on Monday. In fact, you're going to see it all the way through the week. Heck, you might see it all the way through the Super Bowl and into the offseason if the Niners are able to complete their mission. The call with Greg Papa and Tim Ryan on Niners Radio. Late third quarter. This is the turning point. Only one touchdown drive in the second half. Exactly 5-19 to go in the third quarter. 
This is the crazy part about the connection between Brock Purdy and George Kittle. It wasn't the first option. It wasn't the second option. It actually wasn't even the third option, according to Purdy and Kittle and Kyle Shanahan. This is super cool because how often do we talk about young quarterbacks having to go through their reads and their progressions and maybe not having enough time or maybe not having the poise and the calm to let a play develop and to see what happens. And very often, we'll see something like this between, say, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, where the reads and the options are not available. And so what does Kelsey do? He finds an open space. It's a lot like a power forward in basketball. Always taught, when your point guard needs you, find an open spot. Make yourself available. Make yourself a big target. So George Kittle, who is definitely a big target, gets on the move, kind of saw him earlier in the play when they highlighted him. He wasn't even running a route. He wasn't part of the play. Other than to be a decoy. And so he's kind of languishing in the middle. And all of a sudden realizes his quarterback has got no place to go. Finds an open spot. Gets into, I wouldn't say high gear. Gets into medium gear. Waves. Gets his hand out there. Gives Brock Purdy a target, and voila. Now they got Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence on the same side over McGlinchey. Going to roll Purdy the opposite way, going left. Purdy, time, going to throw back right, and it is juggled, and George Kittle makes the catch to midfield. What a catch by George Kittle. On the throwback there from Brock Purdy, bobbled it a couple of times, but was able to reel it in. It was a bootleg. Uh, me and Juice are on the backside, selling the outside zone away to get the defensive end across our face. Juice is the hot guy. We're trying to get the ball to either. The hot guy. It was Ayuk, Debo, or Juice. Is he's a hot guy, and I'm literally not even in the read, so I just saw kind of a space, and he hadn't thrown it yet, so I was just going up the field, and yeah, he gave me a catchable ball, and I was just trying to be dramatic, just for TV, man. <laughs> what about radio? Yeah, it's just for TV. No just radio. Trying to be a little dramatic, you know, get the ratings up. That's all we're here for. That part of the game, you know, we needed something. We needed a spark, get the get the ball rolling. And, and uh, for Kittle to make a play like that, you just feel it in the whole stadium. Like, man, that felt good, you know, to get a big gain like that and get us going. So, you know, props to Kittle. He was at, he was one of our, like, last options um, in that play. But he kept the play live by, you know, feeling space. And I got my eyes back, and he was there. So it was awesome. I love that. Again, not typically a connection you'll see between a rookie quarterback or any new quarterback, newish quarterback. And a receiver. A lot of times it takes years. How about just a year (laughs) to be able to establish that type of communication, understanding, even the nonverbal. To know your quarterback needs you. George Kittle, that was brilliant. And and the catch was A-plus as well. One-handed, bobbles it up in the air. Off his face mask, back into his hands, and then again, juggling a few more steps before he hauls it in for 30 yards. That was your turning point. Niners, Cowboys, third quarter, five minutes to go. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Kyle Shanahan talked about how the result of that catch was a major spark. Oh, and yes, it was. The march continued. Now, remember, they had started inside their own 10-yard line. But they go 91 yards 
in the 10 plays, and it takes six minutes off the clock before CMC does his thing. Tenth play of the drive, six runs, three passes, two holds for Dallas, as you noted, and here we go. Looking to get in the end zone for the first time today and take the lead back. Oscar, 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 McCaffrey goes left, Ebo <laughs> goes in motion, right. Purdy out of the shotgun, Kittle and Juszczyk are right. Uh, Ayuk the other side, handoff, McCaffrey, touchdown! San Francisco! Man, that drive, not only is it notable for what Kittle was able to do down the middle of the field, but how about the toughness in the trenches? Kyle Juszczyk battered guys to pick up, I think, six, seven yards before that Christian McCaffrey touchdown. These guys, I'm telling you, black and blue, and yet they did not falter. They were just as tough on the offensive side of the ball as the Niners' defense was in breaking down the Cowboys' offensive opportunities. At that point, with the PAT, because, you know, for some teams, those are automatic, it was only 16-9. to 16-9. to nine. Classic. In what was this ninth edition of Niners and Cowboys in the postseason. Of course, the eighth edition was last year. Dallas only manages a field goal the rest of the way. See, Maher magic, I'm telling you. But the Niners get those points right back. Well, right back. After an eight-minute drive, San Francisco eats up eight minutes in order to get the matching field goal, preserve that seven-point advantage. And ultimately, the story of this game, I think it's fitting that it ends this way and that the Cowboys' light was snuffed out by a defensive effort that we knew the Niners were capable of. Just amazing to watch. There's a quick snap to Dak Prescott on third down. Steps up in the pocket, gets out left. He gets tackled from behind the 49. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. There's Nick Bosa, Samson, Abercrombie combined on deck, and the Cowboys go three and out, and they've got to punt the ball back with 2.35 to play. And the clock is rolling here. Ezekiel Elliott is going to play center. I, I think I saw Kellen Moore do this at Boise State about 15 years ago. He's ineligible, though. Why would they leave Beatish in to do that? He snaps it back to Dak Prescott. Oh, he throws over the middle to Turpin. He gets hammered <laughs> down by Jimmy Ward. The game is over. What a way to end it. The 49ers are on their way to Philadelphia. What a way to end it. Ezekiel Elliott just got destroyed by Aziz Alshire right on his head. And then Jimmy Ward sawed it down right away on Turpin. 
the defense getting those turnovers, um, the offense being able to make some third downs. I don't think in the first half we had one first down running the ball. I think they were all throwing the ball, and I think that changed big in the second half. So we still got it going a little bit, warm down a little bit, and winning the turnover battle battles everything after that. We had a lot of respect for that team, um, all, all three of their phases, but we knew how good their defense was too. And we felt we really had to run the ball just to negate their pass rush because how special of a pass rush they have. And for us to end up getting over 30 carries when you're only averaging like three, I think we had three, five, um, just shows how good the team was doing. Credit to the coaching staff and getting us right all all week. You know, defense, offense, special teams, everyone just playing. You know, it, it's t- it, it takes everybody, not just one person or a couple guys. It literally takes everybody. So I'm just so proud of the team. And, you know, playoff football is not easy. So to go and to pull off a win like that against a great team like Dallas and now going to the NFC Championship, it means a lot to us. And, and for myself, yeah, when I take a step back, it's, it's pretty cool. Brock Purdy, the rookie quarterback who now – gets an opportunity to play on the NFC Championship stage on the road in Philadelphia. We have talked plenty about the hostile environment in Philly. It'll be just as hostile for the Niners, even though there's not the divisional rivalry, but we saw it in full effect on Saturday night against the Giants. The Niners' defense travels, though, and that's one reason that you can't really know how this game is going to go. Because, as I said earlier, Cowboys, Niners, so little margin for error. Dak's interceptions, well, and the turnover by the Niners as well. But those interceptions, they were so critical, even though the Niners were only able to get three points after each one. You can't afford to give up six points in a game this tight. The Eagles' defense, the Niners' defense. It's going to be same thing, knock down, drag out with very little margin for error. So one versus two in the NFC Championship. Cowboys on the outside looking in, a lot of people pinning this one on Dak Prescott. What did Mike McCarthy have to say? I guess the trade-off is that there aren't people calling for Mike McCarthy's job, at least not that I've heard yet. Of course, Give it some time. It's only been a couple hours. Jerry Jones weighs in. And Dak himself. On Twitter, A-Law Radio, on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence. It'll be good to hear from you. Final four. We started week one in September with infinite possibilities. And now we're down to just four. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Rear left to our right. Here's Prescott back. Has time. Throws out left. Intercepted. Ball got tipped up and taken by Fred Warner. Jimmy Ward tipped the ball. And Fred Warner with the INT. Pick City, baby. Ezekiel Elliott is going to play center. I, I think I saw Kellen Moore do this at Boise State about 15 years ago. He's ineligible, though. Why would they leave Biotis in to do that? He snaps it back to Dak Prescott. He throws over the middle to Turpin. He gets hammered down by Jimmy Ward. The game is over. What a way to end it. The 49ers are on their way to Philadelphia. What a way to end it. Ezekiel Elliott just got destroyed by Aziz Alshire right on his head. And then Jimmy Ward sawed it down right away on Turpin. 
off the field, on the money, and after hours. It's time to talk football with Amy Lawrence. A stifling defense, a frustrating defense, the type of defense that makes you angry and ah, combustible. Uh, It's one in which you have very little margin for error. And this is with the Dallas defense playing just as well. Shouldn't be overlooked. They kept the Cowboys in the game until the very end, despite two takeaways for the Niners. One of them you hear with Fred Warner. Late second quarter, that was a momentum killer. That was the kind that knocks your knocks your teeth in, takes your breath away. The Cowboys desperately needed that and thought they'd have all the momentum going into the halftime locker room if they could have scored on that play. Greg Papa and Tim Ryan on Niners Radio. Top of the hour, we're going to head to the Bay Area. Niners fangirl Tracy Sandler will join us. She was at the game. The Niners have really won these two playoff games in completely different styles, and yet that is a sign of a strong team. The Dallas Cowboys once again fall short of the NFC Championship, haven't been there in 27 years. We heard that number over and over and over again. So how could they have changed the outcome? What could they have done differently? Defensively, you know, we, we did a really good job, you know, for the most part. But, yeah, would we like to have a couple more stops? Yes. We, do we need more third down conversions on offense? Yes, we could have used that too. Obviously, just extremely disappointed. Um, you know, this, is, this has been an incredible journey, you know, with this, with this group of men. And, yeah, we, we just we came, up, came up short tonight to a, to a very good football team. And I've got to play better than I did tonight. Simple as that. Yeah, simple as that. I, I mean, all I can think about is right now in this game and how disappointed it is, how disappointed I am in my play, how disappointed I am for the guys in the locker room who played their, who played their asses off and um, we weren't able to get it done. Dak Prescott, once again, taking responsibility. That's never the problem with him. It's not that he isn't accountable. It's not that he doesn't recognize the mistakes that he made. He always says the right thing about this is on me. I can't make those kind of mistakes. But he does. I thought it was interesting to hear from one Cowboys, I would say, analyst, radio host, who made the point that he loves Dak. He doesn't want Dak to get replaced. I'll see if I can find the tweet to read it verbatim. But Dak is not an elite quarterback. He's not a Patrick Mahomes. He's not a Joe Burrow. There's only a handful of those elite QBs, and that's not Dak. And I think that's something that's fairly acceptable. Do I think Dak is a below-average quarterback? No. But there are times, of course, this year specifically, where the turnovers really kill. And it wasn't so much the points they gave up. It was the opportunities wasted. But it wasn't just the turnovers. The Cowboys were only 5 of 15 on third down. The run game sorely crippled when they lost Tony Pollard. And it's unfortunate because they used to have a 1-2 punch that was equal with Ezekiel Elliott, but that's not the case anymore. It's tough tough to ever see see one of your your guys go down. Um, Never want to see that. TP had such a great year. He's been so important for us this year. I mean, when he went down, took, took all our... 
all our pony plays out of there. Pony, that's when me and him are on the field on at the same time. Ball distribution focal points that you're trying to hit. So I mean, and definitely Tony's one of the top, or maybe the, you know the top ball, you know, ball person that you want the guy, you know, you you want it in his hands. So yeah, that that, that was definitely a shot for us. Was uh, I think starting with the Niners defense, powerful and strong and tenacious and brash and bold and. Nick Bosa, he paid the physical price, completely spent when this game was done. I played my heart out tonight, and uh, and I, th- I think I did a, a good job. I'm pretty, um, I mean, I'm always happy after a playoff win, but I feel like I did uh, a good part in, in the win today. So the sacks are... They happen and they don't happen. They come in bunches, though, so we'll see. We're the best team, best defense, I feel, in the NFL. And we've been that way since week one. Our physicality, uh, each level, everybody will hit you. Um, Everybody's uh, swarmed to the ball. Um, We cause turnovers, and I think we we got the most picks in the league, too, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're the best in the league. (laughs) D'Amador Lenore had that. First quarter interception off Dak Prescott. Uh, both of them were killer. Really, it wasn't the points. Again, it was about losing the opportunities and very little margin for error. Now, what about Dak Prescott? Is there any chance that Mike McCarthy becomes the fall guy for this loss in the divisional round? We'll answer those questions as we head through this edition of After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. But the Niners head to Philadelphia after the Eagles manhandled the New York Giants. First and goal at the two. High snap. Give goes to Boston Scott. He pushes forward. He's in for the touchdown. The giant killer has another one. He just runs under everybody. (laughs) He's powerful. He's low to the ground. And he has the moves to get the ball into the end zone. It's just a three-yard run, but it's a fantastic three-yard run. Hurts again in the gun. Three receivers to the near side. One to the far side. Ball at the five-yard line. Goes into a long count. Hurts is back. He's going to go with the draw. He's going to run. He's going to score. Jalen Hurts. He's healthy. The dash up the middle, and he took it left. He's healthy. That's Merrill Reese and company on the Eagles radio network. Yes, this was a total bloodbath. Uh, When you've got... NFL Network host tweeting something along the lines of, well, what else can we talk about? And the first half is not even over. Uh, This was not the Giants' best selves, let's be fair. But it was the Eagles' complete performance on both sides of the ball that overwhelmed New York. Four touchdown drives in the first half for a 28-0 lead. And some other gaudy numbers for Philadelphia. 43 plays to just 19 for the Giants in the first half. 258 yards to just 64. In fact, the Eagles had almost triple the number of rushing yards in the first half than the Giants had total yards. Eagles go four for four in the red zone in this game, or I guess in that first half, six for seven on third down. Meanwhile, New York had a single first down. It couldn't have been more lopsided. And it's safe to say that Jalen Hurts is back to his old self. 
very important for us to come out and start fast. And um, I think as a football team, we just came out. We played a lot of energy. Um, we prepared really well throughout the week. And you always talk about, um, you know, challenging everybody to play their best ball, right? Because I, I truly never put a limit on myself, and I never put a limit on what this team can do. So there's always more out there for us to get. You kind of pay attention to the, the morale and the, and the body language of the team, the whole team, when they're out there on the field. Um, not to say they gave up, but, you know, anytime you go up like 28 or 21-0 on a team, you know, it's definitely going to be hard to fight out of that hole. Um, and you kind of sense that from them. Um, and on our end, we just wanted to make sure that we came out of halftime and we started strong so we didn't give them any kind of momentum. Jalen Hurts, 16 for 24, with a couple of touchdowns through the air, one on the ground. The team as a whole rushed for 268 yards. Now, I'm fairly confident that's not the type of production that they will get versus the Niners defense, but three rushing touchdowns. And then you hear James Bradbury talk about how the Giants were frustrated. The cornerback, he's recognizing that they, the Giants on the other side of the ball realize that their options are limited. And yeah, jumping out to a big lead, similar to what the Bengals did to the Bills. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, 